Hello and welcome to Lunch with Lee. I'm your host Shane Lee. Today on the show, Peter Overton, an Australian television journalist and Channel 9 news presenter. He's worked in radio at 2GB as a reporter for 60 Minutes and now is regarded as the number one newsreader in Australia. He's the patron of the Monster Foundation, a charity raising money and awareness for motor neuron disease. He's also the patron of many other charities, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but away from the studio, um, he's a father of two girls and married media personality Jessica Rowe. Welcome, Pete. Shane, great to see you. Thanks, Thanks. for having me. Really appreciate you coming on the show. And David Fox Colley, <laughs> a former Australian fast bowling all-rounder, called your fast bowler there, Fox. Thank you. Playing three tests for Australia and 87 first-class matches for New South Wales. Away from cricket, he worked with Channel 9 during... The World Series. Yep. Um, he also ran a very successful advertising agency. He's a great bloke. He's a good mate. He's a wonderful storyteller. He loves to be here. Welcome, Fox. Hey, thanks, Shana. Now, Pete, I'll, I'll quickly start with you. I always try and get a, um, a junior reporter um, for every show, and my junior reporter doing the research for me for this particular episode was Carl Stefanovic. Oh, dear, and, oh, dear. And I said, what can <laughs> thanks for having me. See you. <laughs> <laughs> what, can you what, what can I ask Pete? And he said, well, first you say to Pete, he's the best newsreader in the country, bar none. Thank you, Carl. He said then, but ask him, if he didn't go out so much on the beers, do you think he could improve? Well, isn't <laughs> that interesting? Facetious? Carl talking about himself again. <laughs> I lead the quietest life, Shane. I know, I know you do. <laughs> I lead the quietest life. But uh, Carl is uh, one of the great characters and one of the great people around Channel 9. And I've known him for a long, long time. And I think he's one of the great talents too. He is. What, what he, is this about Carl or is it about me? No, this, it's about you. Yeah. Oh, okay. We can talk about Carl. Yeah, Carl, no, he's Carl a beauty. Like he's an absolute ripper. How long have you been at Channel 9 for now? 32 years. Jeez. Yeah. I started as a junior sports reporter on the 6 o'clock news. Okay. Brian Henderson was reading the news. Ken Sutcliffe was doing the sport. Yes. Tim Sheridan and David Peters were the senior sports reporters. And I just spent some time in Channel 7 Adelaide. And uh, before that, I was at Sky Racing. And before that, I was at 2UE. And um, I just suddenly thought, I don't know whether TV is, is for me. And I'd done an economics degree at Macquarie University. And I said to my mum and dad, and I was in my early 20s, you know what, I think I might, um, might go back and get a dip head and do teaching. And uh, I got a call from nine in Sydney. And uh, the late, great Paul Fenn was the yes. news director. And Fenny rang me. He said, I've offered you a position at nine once. We don't do it twice, but in your case, I'm going to offer you a position. Wow. So I said to my mum and dad, I think I'll take it and I'll see how I go and uh, give it one more shot. And uh, that was 32 years ago, Good September decision. 1991. And, uh, you know, I've had just the most fulfilling career and it's still fulfilling every day. I just love going to work. Fox, we'll talk about your cricket in a minute, but you worked with Channel 9 during World Series. What was I did. Working for Packer. How, what was that like? <laughs> well, Sam Chisholm, a fairly, yeah. fairly interesting duo. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, David Hill, uh, Hilly, who, of course, uh, is a legend. Um, I uh, yeah yeah it was interesting. I, I got picked on what what we called the milk run, which okay. was um, <laughs> which were the sort of the players that didn't quite make the the big cut uh, mm -hmm. and were prepared to go and play in places like Orange and Dubbo and you know Mudgee and those sort of places against Michael Holding on on underprepared wickets with no sideboards. I th no, thank you. I thought mm, this is probably not a career <laughs> move for me uh, as I, my career was in advertising and. Uh, then they offered me uh, the opportunity to uh, become the interviewer. It was the first year's interview. The poor bloke, it must have got too much for him because uh, one of the things that the players weren't, br they weren't briefed, you see. Okay. And so they didn't know how to interview. They thought, you know, 
saying the magic word on telly was really clever and funny and made everybody else laugh except for the audience. But uh, <laughs> and it made it difficult, but it was fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I I uh, got that gig and uh, and did that for a season. And then my boss in advertising uh, suggested that I might have to make a career decision, which which was always going to be advertising because yep. that was my love. Um, yeah. And um, that was my you know, very focused career path was to make a successful advertising agency. You did that very well, yeah. Yeah, I did. I I, uh, I had a, a, a quite a simple philosophy that I knew that the big agencies were always going to go after the big accounts, mm-hmm. but they didn't want to have the smaller divisions of the big accounts, like the audio division of Sony and yep. those sorts of things. And uh, I thought, gee, well, they're the ones I'll go after. Mm. And uh, I went after all those and I, I finished up picking up about half a dozen small accounts, um, but with big names. So the foyer looked good. Lots of nice logos in the foyer. Bid budgets weren't enormous, but um, very profitable. Very profitable. Pete, I know you love your, your cricket. Um, you were born in England, but you moved here what, when you were two. Tell yep. me tell me you don't go for the palms and the ashes. No, but I love the ashes. Yes. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely support Australia, but I love it when... You have an Ashes series and it's coming down to a decider or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's the greatest cricket. Even if one of the sides isn't as strong as each other, it still pulls a, a full SCG. Yeah. You know, I used to take my mum and dad out. They're a bit old for it mm. now, but we'd go out for days at a time. And no, I, I, I was born in England. Mum and dad. Dad was a, a junior doctor at Royal North Shore Hospital yep. and met mum, who was a nursing sister. Mm-hmm. And back in the 60s, you had to go to England um, to do your, your specialty and dad. Ultimately, he did anaesthesia okay. and ended up in a place called Winchester mm-hmm. where I came along and, uh, you know, Dad, who is still alive, and Mum, he ended up as Professor of Paediatric Anaesthesia at the Children's Hospital wow. in Sydney, an absolute legend and mm. revered all over the world. But, yeah, my life began in England, but my absolutely, I'm an Aussie through and through. And did you have, from a, um, a sporting perspective in cricket, do you have any, like, idols growing up you used to love to watch? Oh, I thought Shane Lee was fantastic. That <laughs> Great answer. We back up a short break. <laughs> um, oh, look, I'm I feeling lo- very hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved Alan Border's mm-hmm. um, steel. Mm-hmm. I've got a great story about Border. Uh, he he was leading Australia, and I went to a one day. I caught the bus from Longueville, where I grew up, into yep. the, into the city, and then off to the SCG. And the Windies thrashed him in a one day of the night before. And Paul Fenn again said to me, "I was a young sports reporter." He said, "You've got to go to Sydney Airport, and you've got to get an interview with Border about this." And I said, "That ain't going to happen. I don't think, Fanny." And he <laughs> said, "Well, you better not come back without it." So I went out there to the ANSET terminal, and I can still see Alan Border walking across, leading the team. And he saw me and the camera crew, and he just you know scowled yeah. and. And uh, I said, grumpy. yeah, I went up to him. I said, look, Alan, um, Peter Overton from Channel 9 News. I've just started as a sports reporter. I have to go back with an interview. And if I don't, I'm toast. <laughs> and he said, no, no interviews. I said, well, mate, I went to North Sydney boys yeah. and you went to North Sydney boys. And if you're going to let down one of your fellow North nice. Sydney boys, um, we got a problem. Yeah. And I went back with the interview. Well done. Oh, yeah. 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 But I, I, love, I love cricket. I just love what you guys achieved. I wish I could do what you guys, including you, Fox. Oh, thank well, you. On well, and off the ground. Well, oh, well, thank well, you. Well, <laughs> well, Sorry, Anne. We'll, 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 we'll get to that. <laughs> hey, um, but um, the reason I asked that question, one of my idols was growing up was Dennis Lilly. And, Fox, you opened the bowling with him, the 72 Ashes. Yeah, I roomed with him as you well. You roomed with him for the whole five months. He well, wouldn't. Uh, what was that like? <laughs> experience um, <laughs> for both of us. Um, he he wouldn't. Uh, we were supposed to change roomies every one month, mm-hmm. you know, so we didn't get tired of each other. And Lily said, "Under no circumstances am I going to swap with anyone 
to piss the fox off. No way. No way. So we, we ruined again. I don't want an angry fox. No, no. Well, it might, I think there were other uh, other reasons because of my wonderful company, rhetoric, uh, repartee, and uh, and general good round sort of human being, which I am. Because you were, on those tours, you were, you were pretty young. And uh, any truth to rumours, you, you were a good looking lad. Uh, you had a nice head. Did, did, the, did the older bloke send you in as a bit of the, the man bait, the lure? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I, I didn't have to be encouraged very hard, um, but uh, you know, send no the fox in the henhouse, no, so to speak. Uh, no, no encouragement required there. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Look, I I managed to get a few photo shoots here and there, and uh, and um, good You mentioned Dennis Lilly. I must say, yeah. I did a I did a documentary on um, Ian Chapel, and I interviewed Dennis. The late great Rod Marsh. Yep. Jeff Thompson stormed into the interview and stormed out. He, he was a cyclone. That was hilarious. Um, Two up. I'll never, I'll never forget. We were sitting in this old grandstand scary, at the University scary. Oval in Adelaide, and I'd never, I'd never met Dennis, but I watched him as a kid. I used to yeah. go out to the showground World Series cricket and sit on the boundary rope, and you'd have Andy Roberts and Michael Alding Amazing. and Joel Garner, and you think, wow, I can reach out and touch him. And I had never experienced such charisma coming back at me than from Dennis Lilly. He just, at age 70, he just filled that grandstand, his presence. And we took a photo and I showed my wife at home. And, you know, there was Rob Marchie and Chapel and Dennis Lilly and myself. And she said, wow, who's that? Is that Dennis Lilly? She said, wow, he looks fantastic. Still radiates. Yeah, yeah. amazing. And that, you know those people, don't you, Fox? Like yourself, you radiate charisma. <laughs> and um, it's like Barack I Obama. Radiate, I radiate yeah. something or but other. Barack Obama, when he was last uh, in town, you yeah. could just feel it through the television yes, screen. Yes, I can imagine. Yeah. Well, he, he's doing it now, isn't he? Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, Dennis was – Dennis was, and also – just a fantastic bloke. Yeah. Just a great roomie. Yeah. You, know, you, yeah. you know, it's like to have a crook roomie, and he yeah. was—he was just a great roomie, and uh, and just a wonderful fellow. It, it's amazing, actually. He—he he, he has a sixth sense. He, uh, when I was struggling, I, I had a triple bypass a few years ago, and uh, when I was struggling, um, it's as if you know he had some sort of godly awareness. He rang me on the night that I was at my worst and wow. said, um, Jeez. how are you going, Fox? I said, no good. I'm not good at all. He said, all right, well, look, I've got a doctor um, and he's my doctor in Sydney and he's a genius and I want you to go and see him. I said, well, how can I do that? He said, I will ring him from here. I don't know what time it was in, in Perth and I will fix it. And I was seeing that doctor the next morning, you know, and for Dennis just to to have that it's sort amazing, of sense, it was, a, and it wasn't a fluke because a couple of times when um, when I ha- I had both my knees done, God, I sound like the the million dollar man. No, I'm not. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> try it, hundred dollar man. Um, <laughs> and um, when I was having my knees done, he rang me, and he had mm. no idea mm. I was having my knees done. Mm. Well, gee, he's got. What's he got? Some well, he's tel- got something. He's got some a- telescope on me or something. He's got X like Factor and he's got X Factor and yeah. charisma and, and, yeah. and, a, and a very decent human being. And a, and a wonderful yeah. human being. I'll just take a quick break now and have a bite to eat. We're at the beautiful Mossman Rowing Club, nestled right on the water here at uh, Mossman Bay. Um, there's a new menu here now, guys, so come down and check it out. It's a fantastic meal. Um, I'm going to start with the, uh, at the calamari the other day, which was beautiful. Some fantastic oysters. And I think I'm going to have a bit of the John Dory. Try and be healthy today with a. Oh, a nice glass of Chardonnay to wash it down. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like 
Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. Someone you love could die of a sudden cardiac arrest at any age, any fitness, at any time. More than 80% happen at home and chances of survival decrease by 10% every minute. And sadly, in Australia, around 50 people die from cardiac arrest a day while waiting for the ambulance to arrive. But now you can increase your chances of survival with CellAid, the world's first mini personal defibrillator. It's simple to use and as small as a block of chocolate. Every home should have a CellAid. It's really a lifesaver. Buy your CellAid at CellAid.io. That's C-E-L-L-A-E-D dot I-O. Can I ask a question on, on the heart thing? Did you ever have any checkups at all leading up to that? Um, yeah, I was crook for a long while. Um, it, it was, um, and I just sort of kept on thinking, you know, it's the old story. Oh, just got a bit of a headache, a bit of that's cold or something that's like that. Men. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. And then uh, be we, right. we were in um, we were in Stratford on Avon. Now you, you, mm-hmm. And you know what a what a tough I am, and yep. you know how incredibly <laughs> <laughs> eloquent, etc., etc. Yeah. But um, we were on Stratford on Avon, Shakespeare Country, and my missus had been taking me to all these. Um, erudite place which I had absolutely no understanding of. That's Mrs. Foxhead. Mrs. Foxhead, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, she's, she's an exceptional woman. Not speaking to me at the moment, so that's it's a bonus for both of us. Um, and uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so so I got, I, I had, I did my duty, as, as, which is unusual for me. I had to carry both the suitcases. We were going to get a, a train back to London. And I got to the top of the stairs and I went, Oh, shite. He's trying to get me, and I never felt so crook. And, really? Uh, I was leaning over the rail, and I thought, you bastard, you're not going to get me. I'm not giving up yet. So I, 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 I sort of gathered myself while the Majesty was barking orders down the bottom saying, you know, you're coming, what's going on? We've got to have lunch. You know, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. Anyway, I gathered myself and uh, got myself um, into uh, a little Italian place and uh, had the mandatory pasta and uh, and the Chianti mm-hmm. and got myself back to London and wasn't feeling any better. Um, so in my inimitable style, I went down to the bar and had a couple of GNTs and that Jeez. didn't make me feel any better no. either. And next morning, um, Anthea said to me, uh, you are crook. And I said, yeah, no, I'm not feeling that great. Got into a cab. The cabbie looked at me and said, we're going straight to whatever hospital yeah. Prince Philip was at, um, which is appropriate. And um, it, um, they just put me in hospital for three days and I was in the hospital. Then they, just said, uh, they said to me, um, look, we're not exactly sure. We, we know you've had a heart attack. But we don't know how bad it's been. You're going to have to stay with us about a month while we do further tests. Well, you can piss off back to Australia. So I decided that well, yeah. ladder was a better after better idea after Bacchus, heart yeah, attack, yeah, Shane yeah, Warne, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, somebody died of a heart attack. But yeah, um, yeah. our whole family had a, had a checkup. You, you said you were pretty diligent with your health too, Pete. I am. Yes. Yeah. Um, from a medical household, yes. Dad being a doctor, one of my four siblings is a doctor, um, and I've got very. I've always every year I go to my GP. We do all the bloods, 
and then we do that in six months' time. And uh, I've got very fair skin, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. And I've just had a bad run the last couple of years. I've had five five melanoma operations. I've been on the table under anaesthetic um, with a surgeon, and he's got them all. One was on the side of my head, and all the rest in my back. My back's like a railway track. Okay, but. Um, you know, they were all low level, but thank God we got them early because melanoma is an absolute <laughs> shocker. Yep. And uh, so I am vigilant and I try to tell my children, you know, <laughs> sunburn isn't no, great, yeah. but they know at 13 yeah. and 14. And, yeah. Mm. But no, you've got to be. And I think men think they're bulletproof and we are not bulletproof. Can I ask you a question, Pete, about um, reading the news? Mm. It's, it's, you got to, it's, a, it's a trust thing, mm-hmm. I think. Do you, do you feel extra responsibility like you, you can't go out you can't get involved in road rage like you sometimes think i just want to let loose or you, mm. you you're always thinking about it's a very important job and you've got to maintain a certain way i know yeah. the way you are personally but well great question because it is something i as you say you know the way i am yeah. and i am who yeah. i am and I, yep. I think i'm a, a very decent human yeah. being and i've been brought up that by yep. like my parents by that but you're conscious when you're out and about and particularly when you've got kids and they're doing mm. your head in or yep. or whatever you've got to you know you can't you've got to check yourself yeah and yep. um but very conscious um but very grateful to at the same time when people come up and and say we watch you every night or you're part of our family and we've been you've been part of our family for decades and that means a hell of a world uh, uh, the world because they're your viewers they're the ones that keep you in a job because yeah. ratings dictate success. And uh, But, yeah, I think you, that's a great question, Shane. Oh, thank you, mate. Well, that's, it leads into my next question is around um, the interview with Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. Where, uh, and, and I know for a fact that you you still know everyone's name in Channel 9. You always have. Mm. By person, you know what they're about. So you're, you're a very thoughtful person. That interview when Tom Cruise said to you to put your manners back in, mm. the look on your face like you'd... I think you the look on mean, everybody's face. How, how did you feel in the stomach when that happened? <laughs> Did you feel like you wish you went to Crowy Boys? You could have reached across the tail and passed his head in. <laughs> no, I just, I just kept. To, I thought, well, this is interesting. I didn't expect the interview to go this way. Yeah. Um, I just thought, well, I'm not going to. As Michelle Obama says, you know, they go lower, you go higher. Yeah. And I, um, I just kept to myself. You did. Uh, my, 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 my course in life, and I didn't get angry and I didn't retaliate. I just said, I think it's a fair question. Mm. I think that's how I said it. That's back in about 2004. Yeah. Um, it was an interesting interview. It was, uh, it's brought up a lot, actually. Wherever I go in the world, when I do something for 60 minutes or the Queen's funeral, someone, some Aussie will bail me up about it. <laughs> My kids have watched it a thousand times. They say, Dad, this is going burko on, <laughs> on YouTube. It's got millions of views. And this, and, but I've got to say, let me put it on the record, I have no ill will towards Tom. No. I think, you know, it was just one of those interviews, mm. and it's certainly a memorable interview that all these years on we're still talking about it. And I loved him in Maverick, and yeah. I loved him in Top Gun. Great actor. And uh, he brought great joy. Mm. Um, but that day, yes, that was... One of the more memorable 60 Everyone minutes. Everyone has a bad day, I suppose. As the boss said, we certainly got a promo out of that story, Big Peter. Time. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, hold it there. We're just going to take a quick break. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one-stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters. Build fast sports multis and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. If you're enjoying this episode, maybe check out a previous one where I had media personality, also on Channel 9, Carl Stefanovic. 
and funny man slamming Sam Kekovic. We spoke about everything from what's going on in the media to lamb to sport and life in general. Now, um, Chapelli was your captain. Yep. He could be angry too occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's a, there's a few X-rated stories I can tell about him <laughs> on and off the field. <laughs> He's a great captain. A great captain. You'd, you'd walk over um, broken glass for him. Uh, there's no question about that. He... Um, he certainly, uh, he, he certainly let you know where you stood. Um, I, I found when I when I was just got into the Shield team, New South Wales, and it was the first game I played against South Australia, and they had a, a formidable spin attack in Jenner and uh, and Mallet, and um, had a couple of good quicks in Jeff Hammond and uh, Eric Freeman, and so they were a good side. And I, I was batting a little higher up, and I was batting about six or something like that, and we we lost a few, and uh, and I'd never had this before, this sort of quiet intimidation. Chapel just walked into mm. into my space. He walked, where, you know, where I'd, I'd taken centre yep. and marked my spot, and he's come and walked and just put his put his both feet right on the centre mark, and started moving the field. <laughs> and he was waiting for me to say, "Excuse me," you know, because yeah. I yeah. I know what the, yeah. that that was going to put me. I just mm. sort of stood there and I was bemused. I was absolutely yeah. gobsmacked. And he moved the field, and it was as if he should was moved. Should gave him a kiss. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that would have got any better result somehow. But uh, I, no, he 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 was formidable, and uh, he told me at the second test at Lords, when Bob Massey was weaving magic like I'd never seen before, mm. it was just extraordinary. Um, and there was a little bit little bit there for the bowlers, but there wasn't that much. And uh, he just just was fantastic. Dennis Dennis was never never 100 percent on on that tour either. His back was never 100 percent. We spent a lot of the time. A lot of my job was to get him into the room without the media harassing him and and getting him into into a bath, a hot bath, and getting the radox. And you know, it sounds sounds a bit motherly, but which is not my natural game. But um, he he, um, he he appreciated that, and my job was to keep the bastards away. And the English media, as you know, can be pretty uh, relentless. And uh, so. Um, Chapelli came to me um, during the second test and Bob was getting tired but he was still swinging the ball Dennis was off the field he was, his back was killing him he said you reckon you can bowl quick you've told me you can bowl quick mm. he said if ever there's a time yeah. for you to bowl quick is right now I want you to bowl the quickest spell of bowling you've ever bowled and I bowled which is, which is kind of cricket really it's, yeah. I, I probably bowled 10 of the best Overs on the on the spot that I'd Beautiful. ever ever bowled before, none for eight. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, but but isn't that funny? You could yeah. have bowled ten of the worst overs you've yeah, ever bowled and get three, get three for eight. Exactly. You know, yeah. But uh, but that was the way it was. But none did. for eight is a nice figures, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Right? That's why. Yeah. It, 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 oh, it, it is. But it, yeah. it's not a week. But anyway, look. The, the point, stepped up. The, the point. point of the exercise mm. is that he he got me. He inspired you. Cranked up. Mm. Yes, yeah. really cranked well, I did, For that doco I did, Jeezy, I've said to him a couple of times, now we've just got to keep this interview nice and short and tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you can go down some yeah. foxholes, I can tell yeah, you. Yeah, oh, he, yes. He can tell oh, some stories. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, hell yes. Uh, you talked about the media. I want to ask you, Pete, about the state of journalism right now mm-hmm. and where, it, where it's at and how much it's changed the last few years. Because you look at, I'm doing a podcast here, everyone seems to be a, a reporter in some sort of way these days, yeah. whether it's on social media. Uh, do you think potentially, you look at, People used to always be home for the six o'clock news, and mm. that's changed now. People want to get their content mm. however they want to consume mm. it. Mm. Do you think your sort of the last sort of era of, of true journalism 
Well, I, I think journalism is still plays a critical role. And when you talk yep. about social media, you, we might get a lot of news leads off social media, sure. but you've still got to be a journalist and check the facts. Yes. Because too many people pull the trigger and then go, oh dear, we got that wrong, or we didn't check that out, and that video was actually five years old and whatever. Um, six o'clock, free-to-air TV is still a critical part of our community. There's yep. no question about that. Um, numbers have come down a little mm-hmm. bit because, as you said, we can get our news from various sources. So a lot of mates overseas watch Nine News on their phones or their computers, they're on their bus or the train going home. So the measuring system is still just measuring from people's TVs at home. There are still hundreds of thousands of eyeballs on the six o'clock news. Um, You can time shift it, of course, but it's still part of people's lives. I hope it continues long past me, but I do, over Mm. the 12 years I've been reading the news at nine, it has changed, there's no question. And the biggest driver is technology. So now we can, whether it's citizen journalists with their iPhones yes. and sending in vision, and usually it's bad vision. And, we yep. t- and so it's, you know, we, news can sometimes go down a path of negativity and, mm-hmm. and, and, and not happy news. Yep. And we've got to be careful. We've yeah. got to be careful. And I always say in the newsroom, we've got to give stories of hope as well. You've got to. We need to talk about hope. During COVID, Shane, it was extraordinary, the viewing numbers mm. that we were getting. Yeah. Because that was a pandemic. People were home and there was this absolute craving for information. Mm. And I was doing national bulletins at nine o'clock at night and going live to news conferences with the Prime Minister. Yeah. We were getting, you know, close to a million viewers across the country every Jeez. night. Mm. Um, so it's still, that, that was a reminder of how important a news bulletin is. I, I totally agree. And Fox, I've asked you a similar sort of question around advertising. You always remind me of remember that TV series Mad Men. That's what I sort of, you know, I always pictured you in the in the advertising agency with a nice suit on, drinking whiskey at nine o'clock a, in the morning, having a cigar with 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 the, with the hot PA. Is that? <laughs> Well, I'd forget the cigar bit, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, look, that the seventies was uh, was the era that I sort of cut my teeth in the advertising mm. industry, and uh, I um, I met some serious characters, um, and and it's very very hard to uh, explain the the real uh, dynamics of the advertising industry in those days. But it was anything goes, and if. Yep. If you didn't entertain your client yep. day and night, uh, or your prospect, or or your staff, for motivational reasons, mm. of course, and um, and uh, <laughs> but it's true. It was yeah, the, it, it was, was the early it, days it was, of Channel Nine. It was still sales. It was Channel Nine um, sales directors um, David Evans and uh, Vance and, and Vance and mm. and um, Michael Whiting on Chan- Channel Ten, and they were just absolute rogues. But they were great rogues, you know, yeah. and uh, the whole industry was somehow or other we got tele- we got commercials to air and we got uh, ads into the media, et cetera, et cetera, and we did them well, and I'd have to say um, the creativity presented in those days was far superior to yeah. Well, look at, look at uh, Mojo now. and stuff like yeah. that, what they Wonderful. could produce. Wonderful. But, you, you, but the platforms, you really only had three shows in That's town. Right. You had TV, yep. newspapers and yep. radio. Yep. And you had, as you say, these creative forces. Ah. And you, the other thing is, you didn't have iPhones. No. So no. you couldn't record the 
the rogue behaviour. Yeah. Um, and it's like the old footy tours and the old Thank cricket God. tours. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. A, it, a different game. And it was a, a, you know, I remember starting as a young bloke at nine and just thinking, wow, these sales teams, they lead a great <laughs> life and they go, to, they go on some great junkets. But they were making for Channel 9 more money than they knew, knew what yeah, to do with. Absolutely. Pete, Pete, one of my favourite stories is... Um, I was all around it like like Fox. We both played for the Mossman Career Club. Um, I played for the Lane Cove D4s. If anyone wants to, <laughs> yeah, know. no, I've checked your record. Out. It's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> and we um, and we both lucky enough. 2005, Mossman named the team of the century, and I was picked to bat number five. Mm-hmm. Team of the century. Alan Border was in there. Ian Craig was captain, and you were number six, Fox. Yes. And as we stood up there to get our Mossman blazers, mm-hmm. Fox leads over and says to me, I hope we're rooming together. <laughs> <laughs> we still haven't been on that tour, mate. Oh, oh what a tour that would have been, Jimmy. But, but you, you two, you two, and I know it's your podcast, yeah. Shane, but you two, are, you know, you have achieved what someone like me and thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of other young men and women mm. will never achieve. And that is to represent your country in my favourite sport, cricket, yeah. and travel the world and do it in a really great era. Yep. You're very lucky. It's yep. 100% we a wonderful are. time. And I, and I get really upset when I hear sports people whinging about how tough it is. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, you're yeah. travelling around the world. You get, you it was tough in class. the Foxes' day. Yeah, know. have a look yeah. at the body. It's a mess. But, yeah. uh, but, but I wouldn't, wouldn't swap it for a second. No, and no. and I, get, I get absolutely peed off about these fast bowlers. Yes, what's going on? They, they, they spend... I mean, Hazelwood, you, I think he's a great bowler, but mm. he doesn't do enough work. None of them do enough work. You've got to go to the nets and bowl. Mm. We had to go to the nets three times a week and bowl for at least an hour each time. Yeah. You had to bowl. I mean, you know, that's the only way you got fit. Get, get the groove, yeah. And all this rubbish about, you know, they've got sports psychologists and whatever do you need them for? Do you, do you like T20? No, not at you all. I, I've got a... a, a you would have been good at it. Oh, yeah, I'd have been very good at it. Yeah, I don't know that I would have liked this leg stump thing or the bouncer thing. I reckon someone from Lancaster D4s could even get a game this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, the thing that I, 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 I figure it shouldn't be called cricket. See, I think it, it's cannibalising the greatness of the game of cricket. Okay. And I'd rather call it whack it. Um, like, yeah. You know, because it's it's still got the cut bit, uh, yeah. you know, but it's yeah. not cricket. It's whack it. Well, as a consumer, I still love test cricket. I mm. can watch every ball too. over five days. Oh. Oh. Yeah. And then I still love a one day because as a yes. teenager, yes. I used to go out to the SCG yeah. with my mates and sit on the hill yes. and tell these young girls that I was an F-111 pilot and, <laughs> yeah, and they go, really? And I go, really? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, they, it, you got Graham Wood and, um, yeah. and, and uh, Bruce Laird and all Great. those guys. Out there. Imagine if you had this headgear sitting on there. You could, you could have got away with the helmet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the pilot thing. Hey, I just want to ask you, Pete, um, you've got two daughters yes. um, and Jessica, obviously your wife, in, in the media as well. Are they destined to be in the media space themselves? I don't believe so. Um, They tell me that they're proud of me um, and what I do and what their mum's achieved, and and that means a lot, but they by no means watch the news every night. Mm -hmm. I'm just dad, and uh, and I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that about them. I think Allegra, she she would like to be an actor. Okay. Uh, Giselle, I think, will be... A doctor or a vet or a lawyer or an eco-warrior on a global scale. She, she, you know, they're they're phenomenal young kids. And you know what the best part about being a dad to these two girls? And Jessica and I have really worked hard on this, is communication. And we are very good, the four of us, at communicating. And they tell us everything. And I've always said to them, you can tell mum and dad anything. We won't judge you. 
but we'll help you. Yeah. So whether it's really bad and something's happened or yeah. whatever, it's good. No, we're here. No, well done. I ask everyone the same question that comes on lunch with Lee. I'll ask you first, Fox. Um, if a young boy or girl right now wanted to go into the world of cricket, professional world, what advice would you give them? Uh, don't, don't lose yourself in your own self-importance. To focus on the job. Focus on the job totally and utterly mm-hmm. and don't listen to advice. Take advice only from people you respect and people who have been there, done that. Right, uh, okay. That's what I would do, but the focus is the key. And Peter, a young boy or girl wants to go into journalism or the media, what advice would you give them? Well, it's a tougher game now than when I started yeah, yep. and there's a, a lot of people, I think, you've got to ha- be passionate. I love people's stories yes. and I love learning about people. You've got to have that passion. A lot of our world is now sort of Instagram and stuff and they can it's all gauged on likes and I think a lot of people try to go in because they they think, oh, I'm going to be famous. I call it the supermarket syndrome. Yeah, I'll yeah. be recognised in the supermarket. Mm. So you've got to have that passion. You've also got to have perseverance um, and you've got to have patience because yes. there ain't a whole lot of jobs at the pointy end. You know, I've been lucky. 60 Minutes reporter and reading the iconic mm. Channel 9 6 o'clock news. Very lucky. Yep. Um, and... You get pulled out, plucked out of a big pack. Uh, so I say to my mates, kids, when they ask me, I say, look, I think university would be a great thing. Yep. Do communications because that's mm-hmm. what you want to do. But if you have the um, ability and the fortitude and the want, back it up with a law alongside it or economics yeah, or something advice. else. Because you can enter the media all different ways as a lawyer yes. and then transition into mm-hmm. journalism or an accountant or whatever. Just have a couple of... What is it? Quivers in your... Yeah. In, your, in the bow. In the bow, yeah. Yeah. I think it's something like bows in the arrow. That'll do. Arrows in the bow. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, yeah. I want to thank you both. I want to thank you both for coming to lunch with Lee. We're here at the beautiful um, Mossman Rowers, nestled yeah. on the bay. Sensational. Fox, you, you must have come down here over the years. Oh, I, I have been, a few good I've been here. here. I've had a couple of very good nights. Cut spring, a few from the herd here, I reckon. Bring, 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 <laughs> springing back um, some very fond memories. Uh, I, 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 here the as I look around, yeah, you can't go bad. Can't, yep. go, can't go wrong uh, with this. Is this your super yacht just on approach, Fox? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it's it, very nice. James is picking me up. James, James Packer. We'll go downstairs now. We'll have a bite to eat. But thanks again. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, thanks, Fox. Really Lonely appreciate Shana. it. Cheers, guys. That's it for lunch with Lee this week. A big thank you goes out to our guests, Peter Overton and David Fox Collie. Thanks to Mossman Rowers for having us here today. And thanks to our sponsors, Elite Bet. Make sure you hit follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. And do us a favour, hit five stars while you're there. And if you're passionate, please leave a review. Also, come check us out on Instagram at I'm at Lunch with Lee. Our official Lunch with Lee photography was done by Felicity Kelly. You can find her on Instagram at Felicity Kelly Portraits. And once again, thanks to our producer, Dan McHugh. We'll be back soon with some more legends to talk about sport, music and business on another cracking episode of Lunch with Lee. See you there.